I think you want to come up with a brand strategy. And this is what the book talks about. Um, really figure out what your brand is. Um, and for me, it's simple, modern residential architecture. Business of Architecture, episode 175. Hello, I'm Enoch Sears, and this is the podcast for architects, where you'll discover tips, strategies, and secrets for running a profitable and impactful architecture practice. I'd like to invite you to discover how to double your architecture firm income and create your dream practice of freedom and impact by downloading my free four-part architecture firm profit map. As a podcast listener, you can get instant access by going to freearchitectgift.com. Maybe you, like many other architects, are intrigued by the idea of developing your own projects. Like one of my early guests on this show, San Diego architect Jonathan Siegel, FAIA. Well, today's guest has a different but very interesting, equally interesting focus, passive income. You're going to be simply blown away by today's story. Three years ago, architect Eric Reinholdt started his residential architecture firm on a remote island off the coast of Maine. He faced the challenge of building a successful architecture firm and winning the kind of projects he wants to work on while also living in a remote location. Inspired by people like Pat Flynn and Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek, Eric knew that he wanted to build a business that wasn't 100% reliant on the number of hours he worked in a day. Today, you get an in-depth look at how he has built a practice that combines passive income, products, and service offerings. This information and more you can find in his new book, Architect and Entrepreneur, Volume 2, a how-to guide for innovating practice, tactics, strategies, and case studies in passive income. Now, let's get into today's show. Welcome, Eric, to Business of Architecture. Thanks, Enoch. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's jump into your idea. Uh, I'm really excited for our architects to be able to listen to what you've done. I know you've been working hard for many years, and I've sort of had like this little backseat view as you've developed over the time, as you've come out with your two different books. You are an advocate of an innovative business model for architects that at least they should be thinking about, right, in terms of products and services. So tell us about this business model uh, that, that you want to tell other architects about. Yeah, well, I think this business model that I've come up with, Enoch, is um, you know something that a lot of other businesses uh, are are using today, but architects have really underutilized it, um, and and so it's something that's developed out of necessity for me because I live on an island, I practice in a pretty remote part of the country, um, and and when I opened my practice in 2013, you know, I was figuring out, I was trying to find a way to find new clients. And so the internet was really an important aspect of my business. It became the hub of my business. Um, and so for my business model, as I'm looking at, you know, the standard business model that architects implement is a service-based business model. Clients come, you service their needs, you build a house or whatever, you know, the, the program is. And um, at the end of that, your relationship is over and then you have to sort of feed the beast again. You have to find new clients and there's this constant sort of search for revenue streams. Um, and so I thought, why not um, take the the fruits of that labor and also turn those plan sets into products? Um, so instead of just looking at a service-based business model, I added products to that. And um, the, the product side of the business, you know, and, and the products can be sort of any number of things. It could be books, could be videos, could be teaching, uh, training courses, could be plan sets, you know, there's a whole, whole range of things. Um, but the product side of the business ends up being a sort of, uh, 
passive income generating system that feeds the business all the time. And, and what I found was when I was developing this, this model was that the, the product side of the business would start providing a constant stream of revenue and allowed the service side of the business to be more selective in the clients that I chose. And all of this had the sort of net effect of you know, sort of reinforcing the brand message that I was trying to develop. Um, you know, a lot of architects struggle early on when you're starting a business, uh, figuring out, okay, what product, what project is the right project to take? You know, is this going to advance the brand message? You know, and I had a very specific set of projects that I wanted to do. And, you know, those projects don't come along every day. And so the product side of the business built some extra freedom and revenue into, into the business so that I could be more selective and I could afford to wait one or two or three months before another client, before I took on another client. And, and so knowing that, um, you know, once I implemented that, it really, I started to double down on the successes that I had. Um, and, and really sort of build this um, flywheel, I guess, of passive income that supports the business in so many ways. All right. And so how, how old is your firm, Eric? It's, I, I started it in uh, July of 2013. So I'm into my third year here. Relatively young firm. So three years. And I know you've been going at this, you know, been working hard on both the products and the services side. You talk about approaching your firm in a strategic with a very, that's something that's always impressed me about you, uh, Eric, is your strategic focus, your ability to, you know, not necessarily jump at the opportunity, but be slow and methodical in terms of just working on the things that you know are going to get you to your end goal. Where is that a personality trait? I mean, that's not something that I think us as humans, we don't really have long-term vision. So tell me what's behind that kind of viewpoint and that personality trait you have. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I guess it's just, uh, I've always been someone who um, is driven by goal setting and sort of list developing. You know, I have a very set routine that I follow every day, you know, every day and every week. Um, say on Sunday, I'll set out the outline for the week and those strategic goals are set you know, early in the year and then I revisit them every quarter. So I do have this, you know, I think architects by nature are planners. And so certainly that's a personality trait that, um, that I've relied on to be successful in my architecture business. Um, but it's something that I found in my, you know, as I look at this from a business, um, standpoint, it's something that if you have this framework to fill in and, um, and really a model to, to rely on that you end up you know, getting much, much further in the business. And so I just relentlessly execute on a series of goals. And I find that sort of divvying it down into, you know, quarterly and then weekly goals and then daily goals, even um, I'm able to just continually plow through things. And I, you know, I, I don't, um, I guess I, I really enjoy testing things. So I'll try something and, you know, there's a weekly goal of trying a new thing every week. Um, and I'll try it. I'll experiment with it. I'll see what's working and then I'll, whatever's not working, I'll pivot and try something new. And so it's this, it's this process of continually, you know, not trying to optimize per, for perfection, but just trying to execute and see what works. And I think, you know, so many people are afraid to, to put ideas out there and they're afraid it's not going to be accepted. And I am not like that at all. I would rather put something out there, test the sort of minimum viable product and see what's 
working and learn uh, from the things that aren't working and pivot to the next thing. And so I think, um, you know, having a framework for where I want to be at the end of the year and then being able to divvy those goals up into quarterly and, and monthly and weekly goals um, is, is something that's helped the firm really build, um, very, you know, quickly. Because as you said, it's a pretty young business. Tell me about your daily routines. That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, well, it starts with getting up really early. So I get about up at about 5 a.m. and I'll do an initial um, writing hit. Um, and I have, so I eat like there's, there's kind of weird routines. Obviously I have coffee, but then I also try and follow the Tim Ferriss, like eat 30 grams of protein, like straight off. Um, and so I'll move from the writing routine into uh, a, I sort of divide my day into executing, um, sort of, um, making in the morning and managing in the afternoon. So I'll make all the things I'm going to be making, producing that all happens in the morning because that's where my sort of creative energy, where my best creative energy is. And so I, I don't even tap into emails until the afternoon if I can help it. I'll sort of schedule late morning for meetings and things like that. Um, and then in the afternoon is really about managing the projects, you know, because I do have this product side of the business and that gets creative focus. Um, you know, some of my best energies in the morning. And then there's also design work that happens for the service side of the business that happens in the morning. And then the afternoon is all the managing of those projects, because as you know, that takes, takes some time too. So meetings and things like that are, are pushed there. Um, and so the routine, that's just the sort of basic framework of the routine. Um, I always, you know, the midday shift there, I always exercise. Um, and so that's, uh, that's been a really productive thing. So I'll listen to podcasts and exercise. Um, at that time. And so it sort of divides those two halves of the day um, and provides um, a sort of boost for the afternoon sessions too. And then obviously and you have kids, Enix, so you know the late afternoons are taken over with kid duties and things like that. And then I try and... Um, have a sort of learning time at the end of the day. So I'm taking a master class right now um, from Werner Herzog on filmmaking, which is something that I'm really interested in. And so I try to end the day like that so that I'm, that has this sort of learning boost at the end of the day. That's fantastic. So you've been very intentional about creating in your life. You know, one thing that's come up as we've just chatted right now, Eric, is you talking about uh, pivots. You mentioned some big successes. You mentioned some failures. I'd like to talk to you about how this vision has changed since you started out three years ago. Let's get kind of into the weeds and let our audience know what this is really like and what it takes to, to create something like this. Sure. Yeah. And I, I talk about this in the book quite a bit um, because I had this vision when I'm, you know, and I think a lot of architects are like this, that um, if we're thinking about making products, the first thing that comes to mind is like plan sets. And there's a lot of architects who actually do that. Um, and so that was a sort of easy first um you know, first task for the business, like let's come up with some plan sets. And I had designed a house, you know, for myself and it was a dwell houses. We love finalists. And so it had a lot of popularity. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to take this and I'm going to sell this. Um, but I didn't do like, it wasn't just the floor plans. It was like the whole shebang. I wanted to sell all the details and, you know, as a custom residential architect, I'm thinking, okay, you know, this should be 10, 12 grand for a set of really nice drawings. Um, and so I realized pretty quickly that, 
yeah, people aren't in the market for buying, you know, a house that's going to cost three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand dollars. They're not in the market to spend that much on their floor plans. They just they're they're not going to do it. And so I reduced the price to twenty five hundred dollars, and I thought, okay, that's reasonable. That's probably as low as I'd want to go for that plan set. And what I learned there was people aren't really willing to spend that much either. And so I ended up sort of price pulsing this plan set up and down and and really trying to find a market for this thing. And so I would say that was a that was a pretty big failure. And I say it in the in the book, it took about 200 days, but I finally sold that plan set. And the day that I sold that plan set, I'd sort of talk about this exactly what my you know revenue was that day from passive income. So the plan set had sat on the site for you know 200 days. I sold it for $2,500. I you know had some affiliate income there. I had some advertising income and other digital products that I had started to develop at that day. And so it it all sort of coalesced. And I looked at this and I said, okay, this is, there is something here. There's something that's working. And you know, the, the sort of little pieces of passive income along the way were pretty small, but the ones that started to build momentum over time, I really started to double down on. So like you, you know, something like YouTube now that's, that's been a really important part of the business. Um, and it's something that I've used to then direct people into my email list and then, you know, sell them plan sets that way. So I have really started to kind of throw these little seeds out there and then watch which ones sort of grew as, you know, I, I was watering them and the ones that, that grew, I, I could learn from, you know, their successes. Okay. This is, this is how it works. So I could sell a plan set, not for $2,500, but I could sell a plan set for, let's say $500, pretty basic plan set. And then people would say, yeah, but I need this or I need that. I also need this. And so I took that and I learned from that and I said, okay, well, there's a separate service for that. And so if they ended up being a good target client, you know, and I looked at the the plan set that I was selling them, of course, it's my architecture. You know, I know they're into my architecture. They like this. Let's work together. We start developing a working relationship. And then suddenly that passive set of a plan set turns into a, you know, fully customized solution. Okay, we're going to add a garage. Now we're going to add a guest house. We're going to take all these things. And I realized, oh, there's all of these other products. So I could take a $500 plan set and I could turn it into a $12,500 commission by just attaching these little pieces and people would buy things along the way. And people are really accustomed to buying products. And so if I put it out there and say, this product's 500 and then the consultation is 1500 and then there's a set of specs for 2,500 and that suddenly people are like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I've made it this far. I can, yeah, I'll buy that. Or I need a window schedule. Of course. Yeah. I'll buy the window schedule. And so all of these things sort of, um, you know, by experimenting, I found a way forward with it. And it's, and you know, it's strategic, I guess, looking back on it, but it's more a series of sort of little pivots and relentlessly executing on those little ideas. If there are architects out there who want to monetize their plans, for instance, what advice do you have for them? Well, I think, um, you know, it really... I think you want to come up with a brand strategy, and this is what the book talks about. Um, really figure out what your brand is. Um, and for me, it's simple, modern residential architecture. And the brand is focused on, you know, drawing inspiration from agrarian forms, you know, barns, grange halls, um, real simple forms. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people come to Maine because of, you know, looking for a Maine architect for those reasons. And so the brand works pretty well for 
for my business. And so in order to have the plan sets make sense and these ups, these upsells make sense, it, I think you have to really craft them to be brand specific. So I have very, you know, there's a sort of branded upsell that um, these plan set customers get. And it's really well thought out and it really marries well with, you know, the vision of the plan set. These are, they're simple plans. So the plumbing fixture schedules, the upsells for the door package, the upsells for the window package, the interior fit out, those things, they're all very, you know, finely crafted to support that brand message. And so that would be my, my recommendation. You know, people can go to these plan set warehouses and buy a sort of generic plan set. But as an architect, we're taught to think about about these things on a much higher level, on a much deeper level. And so there's so much that we, so much value that we can bring to this, you know, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of upsells that, that I could think about, um, that I'm not even really capable of doing, you know, this sort of passive house upsells I mean, California, you guys are, man, you have insane energy codes. I mean, it's great. You're leading the nation, but there's all sorts of upsells that you guys could, could bring to, to plan sets. So really thinking about it from a critical, um, with a critical mindset, like, you know, what would my clients need? What would these people need? What's the next logical step? And then sort of build, you know, on that to support your brand. What would you say to architects who may be thinking, Eric, it sounds like you're commoditizing the the profession. It sounds like you're commoditizing your design by selling $500 plan sets. Yeah, it's that's a pretty common complaint coming from architects. And, you know, my response to that, it generally is, um, you know, somebody's going to be providing services. There's a need in the marketplace. And so people need homes. And I feel like architects are best positioned to design those homes. Not everyone is going to be able to afford a luxury custom uh, residential service that I provide. And I feel like having a product side to the business really acknowledges the fact that People aren't going to spend, you know, 20, 30, 50, 60. I mean, you know, some of my clients will spend over $100,000 in architectural fees. Like I couldn't afford that personally. And I'm guessing you probably couldn't afford that personally, but you know, you deserve to live in an architect design home too. And, and I feel like there are some compromises that are made. Obviously I can't design a home that's site specific. Um, you know, if I'm selling a $500 plan set, it's going to be generic in a lot of ways, but I can make it really energy efficient. I can make the plan work. I can, you know, give people a, a functioning home for what is going to be probably the largest investment of their life. Um, it's something they deserve rather than having, you know, a contractor design it uh, on a napkin or, you know, purchase something that from a modular home company that just isn't well thought out. I mean, I, I have some neighbors who purchase those things because, you know, they couldn't afford to work with a designer. And I see the result of what they live with. I mean, they spent as much money on their home as I did and they can't furnish their living room because of the way the circulation works. And so as architects, you know, we can, we can plan the circulation so it makes sense. So you can furnish it, so you can get a lot of natural light, so you can save a lot of energy. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't think this is, um, for everybody necessarily, but I do feel like um, architects have a responsibility to um, to people who are buying homes to provide them with other options. And I think we're going to focus a lot on the product side of the business during the interview, just because that is something unique about that. So tell me, where does the revenue split happen? Talk to me about the revenue right now in your business, uh, services versus products. 
Yeah. So services account for probably 65 to 70% of the income of the business. So, you know, 30 to 35% are coming from products. Um, one of the really interesting um, things that I did, and I'm, I'm just finished my studio here, Enoch, and I, I wanted to use it as a case study <laughs> to sort of um, prove to people that passive income can be a real significant um, portion of a firm's revenue stream. And so what I did was, as I designed the structure, you know, it's not a huge structure. It's like 12 by 32. Um, so it's close to 400 square feet here. I have a couple of little loft spaces and it's, you know, it serves multiple purposes. Um, but for a small footprint, um, what I did was I wanted to take all of the passive income and have the passive income build the studio alone solely. So as I was sitting in my house and, you know, my firm is, it's pretty young, it's three years old, but it was also getting to the point where clients would come in and they'd have to sit at my dining room table. And it was just a, you know, it was kind of outgrowing it. If you were, if you're asking someone to, to spend a hundred thousand dollars on your fee, then you, you probably need like a formal space for that. So as I'm sitting in um, my drafting at my drafting table in the corner of my living room um, and I'm watching the construction of the studio take place, I was, sort of, you know, tracking the passive revenues versus what I was spending each day. So I'm looking out and I'm seeing two guys working and they're framing. I'm like, okay, that, you know, it's going to be, that's X amount of dollars here. Okay. What have I made in, in passive revenue? And, and the entire studio build was completely financed with passive income. So it really, um, it really is possible. And, you know, I think as I get larger commissions, um, that percentage of the product side of the business is probably going to go down. Um, or if I scale and, and hire more employees, then, you know, it's possible that that would, that, that math is going to change, but I am always developing new products and it's something that has been really successful for me. And so I do see it growing with the business. So I, you, you're very, you're, you strike me as a technical person. You have some, some great design strengths and then also you've been able to, you know, monetize uh, YouTube and it seems like you're pretty handy with a lot of these new technologies, you know, um, I've been hesitant myself because obviously I have passive income streams and I'm kind of following a similar path. Uh, however, I've been very hesitant to recommend that to other architects, Eric, just because I feel that um, unless they have those skills or they really know how to navigate that, it would be very difficult for them to make it work. Uh, I haven't done a productized architecture business like you have. So I'm just curious, you know, realistically, you know, person to person here for the average architect who wants to, you know, that sounds appealing and they want to go down a similar path. You know, is is it even possible for someone who may be a more traditional architect and doesn't isn't up on all the latest tools, technology tools, cloud-based tools, uh, upsell strategies, things like that? What what do you think about that, Eric? Yeah, I think um, I mean it's a good point, Enoch. But I also think that the tools of technology have really become democratized. I mean, you know, if you look at the the platforms just for online coursework, uh, they're they're being made so accessible now. You know, you could as an architect record a course for Teachable 
very simply with very little technical knowledge. You can write a book. I mean, if you can draft a set of plans, the technology is totally accessible. Um, and so, yeah, you may not be able to produce a high quality video. Um, although, you know, I would argue that even, um, because iMovie and, you know, Final Cut Pro, I mean, th these are drag and drop tools, but let's say, you know, that's too intimidating for someone, you know, writing a book, um, is that's, it's really sort of, it's been democratized by the platforms that are out there. I mean, you can drag and drop a, a book template um, into iBooks or Blurb. I mean, you can drag and drop photos in there and make your own monograph and sell that um, and and reap all of that passive income very simply. Um, and so I realized there are some technological barriers, um, barriers of entry, but I actually think they're, they're really low once you get into it. And I'm not suggesting that um, everyone would necessarily adopt all of these sort of productized, um, you know, ideas that I have that I'm using in my firm, I've, you know, I certainly don't, I don't have a course out right now. I mean, I'm interested in doing that, but there are, uh, you know, uh, the book that volume two of architect and entrepreneur sort of presents a, a sort of model of possibilities. And so people can pick and choose the things that they feel are most appropriate to their personalities. And I do feel like given the range of, of products that, that I, you know, point out, I think there's something in there for everyone. And certainly plan sets are, you know, that's a, that's a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. And then the upsells on that are, you know, energy audits and programming consultations and, you know, there's interior design services. So there's a way to take the product side of the business, even with a really simple product and convert people from the product side over to the service side. And so I, I feel like that's a great pathway. And, you know, if we were talking about a revenue split, so 30, 70 revenue split, you want to try and get people over to the service side of your business so you can sort of hold their hand and help them through the process. And that's, you know, that's a lucrative side of the business. That's, that's undeniable. Um, and so I'm not suggesting to sort of, you know, reject that altogether, but there is a way to take the, the clients that you're getting and sort of shuttle them into the service side and, and, you know, make a better business. Where would you recommend architects get started on finding out more about this? <laughs> of course, my book. I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the number one. And actually, I've tried to make, um, you know, both the books that I've written, uh, volume one and volume two are complementary. Um, so volume one is more of the sort of inspirational, like, I want to start my firm and then tackling all the, you know, all this, the steps along the way. So the mindset issues, and then there's practical business, you know, organizational strategies and marketing and those things. Um, volume two, really gets into all of the pivots that I made to that initial sort of blueprint, if you will, of the business. And volume two is really kind of a tactical guide that says, okay, if you want to get started, like really making a business that, that, um, builds on this brand revenue strategy where you have, you know, a product side and a service side, these are the things that you can do. And, and the chapters, you know, it starts off with a sort of broad, uh, broad brush approach, um, painting the strategy, but then each chapter is a sort of technical focus. Like, okay, are you interested in courses? Are you interested in writing books? Uh, are you interested in, you know, developing your YouTube channel? And, you know, it takes each one of those steps and breaks it into um, a smaller sort of series of steps. And there's, there's one chapter in there called um, making your first hundred dollars. And it walks you through the process of, you know, what, 
what it would be like to develop your own product, where you start. You're going to look at a market. You're going to look at a niche. You're going to try and solve a problem. Then you're going to pre-sell it. You know, there's all these little, there's sort of four, four steps there. Um, but it walks you through like getting that first hundred dollars. And it's those steps really that build um, the framework for applying this to any one of those productized models. So you can take those four steps and build any one of the other products that I list in the chapter. So I do feel like it's a, it's a resource, um, a good resource. And it's sort of the only resource, I think, printed resource that's out there specifically directed at architects, interior designers and designers. Absolutely. And I highly recommend Eric's content is fabulous. I can't recommend it enough. So, you know, I did kind of open up that question, hoping you'd tell us a little bit more about the book, inviting us to go check it out. So obviously in the show notes, we'll have a link to those resources. If you visit Business of Architecture, the actual blog, the site, Uh, Eric, just for people listening here, what's a URL that you want to send them to? Because uh, it's a no brainer. They, you know, even if an architect has been doing this for years and years and years, they have a lot to learn from what you're sharing here. Where Where should they go? Uh, 30by40.com is, uh, is my home on the internet and that's the sort of hub that, that I'm really developing and you'll find access to all the other channels, uh, in my YouTube channel and, and things like that. You'll see the books are on there. So 30by40 all spelled out.com. And that is a wrap. Thank you for listening today. If you're looking for more time, freedom, impact, and income as an architect, get instant access to my free four-part architect profit map by visiting freearchitectgift.com. The sponsor for today's show is ArchReach, the client relationship management tool built specifically for architects. If you want to systematize your marketing and business development, ArchReach will help you do it. Visit archreach.com to learn more. expressed on the show by my guests do not represent those of the host and I make no representation, promise, guarantee, pledge, warranty, contract, bond, or commitment except to help you conquer the world.